You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. By Grain, Krylon, and Lutron. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you, so let's get started. Pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. We want to hear about your home improvement projects, your home decor challenges, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a direct-it-yourselfer. Give us a call. We're here to help you take that all-important first step. 888-MONEY-BIT, 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour in the program are cracks, holes, and nail pops giving away your home's age. Well, if your walls could probably use a little TLC, we've got tips on how you can fix those problems yourself coming up. And while we're on the subject of cracks, not talking about plumber's crack, you guys. No, no, no. Talking about a crack <laughs> <laughs> you're fa- you like that, Tom. <laughs> terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> I'm also talking about cracks in your foundation. Now, they could be nothing to worry about, or they could be the sign of a really big problem. So how do you know the difference? Well, we'll tell you in a little bit. And no more excuses. It's time for spring cleaning. But could all that scrubbing be getting you nowhere? The germs you're most likely to miss coming up. And one lucky caller that we talked to this hour is going to win a Caseta wireless plug-in lamp dimmer and Pico remote. You just plug it into a standard outlet and you can control a nearby lamp without getting up. Ah, the epitome of laziness. It's a prize worth 80 bucks going out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. So let's get to it. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. David in Alabama is on the line with an insulation question. How can we help you? Several years ago, I discovered uh, some termites. And, and, and uh, it turns out the insulation under the house, insulating the ducts, was all soaking wet. So I took it all off and replaced it. And uh, the, the termite people said, well, you got bass under your house, the insulation between the joists, and you need to take all that out of there because it tends to trap moisture and cause mold. So they treated all the wood and I yanked all the insulation out of there. And now you're freezing. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it was cold in the winter. And, uh, you know, the floor noticeably colder. And so I'm debating. I, I had two power ventilators put in. Under the house, I'm not sure how well they're working, but uh, I was torn with the idea to put the insulation bats back at least on the living room where it seems to be cold. You know, the floor does. All right. So here's a couple of things, David. First of all, you know, I never would have told you to remove your insulation. It was kind of crazy advice that the pest control operators gave you. If you have my high moisture 
uh, under the house. Is this on a soil crawl? Is this on a sand floor? Is the crawl space on the sand floor, or what's the what's the base? Yes, it's a it's a crawl space. Starts out about five feet. Is it on a dirt floor or is it on concrete slab? It's a dirt floor. And do you have a plastic vapor barrier on the dirt floor? Oh yes, I do now. Yes, uh, it was kind of in bad shape. Yeah, you do now when I replaced it, but I've got it all put down there on the floor on the dirt. All right, so here's all the steps that you need to take. First of all, to reduce the moisture. You start not in the crawl space, but outside the house. You check that your gutters are your gutters exist. The downspouts are extended four to five feet away from the house, not just dropping right at the corner of the foundation as most do. And you make sure that the soil slopes away from the exterior wall. Those things will reduce the amount of moisture that gets in there. Next, you've got a vapor barrier. And vapor barrier um, should be all across the, the floor of the crawl space and, and up the walls about a foot. You can steal the lip to the wall so that moisture doesn't come out around that. You mentioned you had power ventilators. That's good if you install those on a humidistat switch. So when the moisture comes up, those ventilators will kick on and draw it out. Now, as to the fiberglass insulation, you have another option, and that is spray foam insulation. You could opt to not use fiberglass, which does have to be vented and kept very dry, and you could switch to an isonine closed cell spray foam insulation. Closed cell spray foam insulation is very moisture resistant and has the added benefit of stopping drafts from getting through it up into the house. And it's sprayed on very thin, and then it expands. It has about a 100 to 1 expansion ratio. And as it expands, it insulates and seals. You know, we have a very old house uh, where my family lives up in New Jersey, and uh, this house is 125 or so years old. And we had it insulated with fiberglass until I converted to isonine and really have never been happier. It's been quite warm and comfortable. In fact, uh, our air conditioning bill last summer was about 50% of the cost it was the year before when we did not have the isonine. So I think that isonine is a good product uh, for this particular application because it is going to seal out that moisture and it's going to leave the floor really super warm uh, and it's going to really step up your comfort. Who makes that product? Isonine. I-C-Y-N-E-N-E. Go to isonine.com. They have a dealer locator. You can have a pro come out to your house. Uh, and scope it out. Okay, thanks a lot. It's good stuff, David. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Susan in Texas is on the line with a water question. What's going on? My daughter has a country home she just purchased, and there's a 900-foot deep water well on it. And she wanted to know, does she need to use a water softener or a carbon filter for the drinking water? And also, how much electricity would that use, that water well? Well, the first thing she needs to do is to have a comprehensive water test done. Was that done? I believe so, because they had inspectors come out. But I don't remember what she said. Yeah, well, I wouldn't believe anything unless I had a result back from a, from a water testing laboratory. That's going to tell you what kind of treatment you need to do locally. So the first thing she needs to do is to get a water test done, a thorough water test done, that's going to check for uh, all sorts of contaminants and pesticides and that sort of thing. And then based on that, you can determine what you want to do to treat the water. But you just don't start treating it first. You starts with the test, and the test is what determines what needs to be treated. Make sense? Yes, lots of sense, yes. All right, good luck, Susan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can be part of the home improvement fun. We are here to give you a hand. And I say fun because even problems with home improvement, they can pretty much be a good time once you get the right solution. 
And that's why we are here 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Here's a real good time fixing drywall. Yeah, that's what I look forward to on the weekend. It's a big (laughs) headache. We've got tips to help you save money by fixing those cracks and nail pops yourself with this week's pro tip presented by Grain Shingle Siding from the Tapco Group. And that will be when the Money Pit returns after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone's easy-to-stack Rumblestone rustic building blocks. Create any outdoor hardscape you can imagine to instantly add old-world charm. Available at the Home Depot. 
For more information and product instructions, visit pavestone.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, when the sun goes down, it usually means you have to stand up to turn up the lights. Not anymore, though. With this hour's prize, the Caseta Wireless Plug-In Lamp Dimmer and Pico Remote, valued at 80 bucks. So here's what you do. You plug it into any standard outlet, and then you can adjust your lights with a remote control. You can stay seated. You can stay relaxing. You don't even have to move, and you can adjust the lights. It's fantastic. Learn more at CasetaWireless.com, and give us a call right now for your chance to win at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Now, I've got Doug in Virginia on the line with a siding question. How can we help you? Yes, I've got uh, my son's house has some vinyl siding on it. And uh, the folks that owned it before he did uh, were patching something with some of the spray foam insulation, uh, the crack filler stuff. And it oozed out all over the siding. So I know I can go back and cut it loose, cut what's extra stuff. But when I get down close to the vinyl, what can I clean the residue off with to make it clean without damaging the vinyl? It's very difficult. Because you get those those um, foams are usually polyurethane and they have real adhesive qualities to it, really real adhesive. So um, what you can do is try to gently scrape it off with uh, a putty knife, but make sure you want use an older one is better because it won't be quite so sharp. And very carefully do that. And then I will I've stripped off uh, some some uh, foam errant foam with WD forty as the solvent. So you might want to try that with a Scotch pad because scotch bad is not abrasive but you could spray the siding with the wd-40 and then work the scotch pad back and forth you may find that you uh, pull off some of that some of that residue it really depends on you know what kind of foam it is but you're right once it's dry to cut as much of it off and then try to abrade the rest of it off but do so with a mind not to damage the siding okay well i'll give it a try wd-40 yep try it it's one of the thousand uses for that stuff. <laughs> you know, they say the only the only two things in your toolkit, WD-40 <laughs> and duct tape, they're pretty close. Then I can go over the whole back of the house with WD-40 to, to revitalize well, I wouldn't, the vinyl. Well, if it's, if it's the whole back of the house, I mean, you're talking about spot cleaning, okay, but if it's the whole back of the house, then I, I think you've got a bigger problem. I think you're looking at new siding. But would I get an oily spot when I use the WD-40 that would look different than you the rest will. of it? Right? You will, but soap and water will take it away. I guess that'll fade, yeah. That's why it's good for only like a little spot. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, repairing drywall is a pretty common home maintenance project that most homeowners have to take on at one point or another. But if you don't make those repairs properly, you're going to do them again and again and again. So we've got (laughs) advice on how to make those wall repairs get done right the first time in this week's Pro Tip presented by Grain Shingle Siding from the Tapco Group. All right, here we go. The three most common types of repairs that are needed for your drywall situations are nail pops, holes, and cracks. Now, nail pops are the result from a nail that has loosened. Now, this is the nail holding the sheet of drywall to the studs behind it. So that nail is starting to loosen, and then it's backing its way out of the drywall. So what you can do is simply tap it back in and then drive a new nail right next to it. But you want to make sure that you cover the head of the old nail with the head of the new one. Then you go ahead and spackle the area, smooth it, allow it to dry well, sand it, and then you can touch up the area. Now, you can also use drywall screws instead of nails because if you use a screw because of the threading and you're driving it into the wood, there is no chance of that backing itself out. It's not going to happen. Now, the best way for a homeowner to fix a wall or ceiling crack is to use a strong perforated drywall tape. Now, this type of tape has like small square holes in it, and it looks kind of almost like netting. You apply this first to bridge the gap in the crack. Then you want to smooth a generous amount of spackle or drywall mud over the 
wall or the ceiling crack. And once the area is dry, it can be sanded and then repainted. Now, remember, you're going to need about three coats to get that done. All right. Now, if you've got holes in the drywall, what you're going to need is a scrap of drywall, a leftover piece of window screening, some joint compound, and a few common tools that you've probably got kicking around the house anyway. Now, our favorite patching method includes a great tip. You want to cut the hole that you already have in the drywall to fit the patch and not the other way around, even if it means making the hole that you've accidentally made in the drywall bigger. You just want to be able to accommodate that patch. And now this method really is kind of virtually foolproof. So when you're working with the joint compound, remember, it's like an art. Patience. You want to apply thin coats and don't fuss with it. After two or three strokes, just leave it alone and let it dry and then sand it and paint and you're as good as new. And that's today's pro tip presented by Grain Engineered Shake and Shingle Siding from the Tapco Group. The uncompromising beauty of Grain's 5-inch shingle siding offers the charm of natural cedar with none of the maintenance. Visit Grain.com, that's G-R-A-Y-N-E.com, or ask your pro today. Joyce in Missouri is on the line with a floor finishing question. How can we help you? I do have a question about my hardwood. Um, it's the old solid hardwood from this put down back in the 50s. I love it, and I refinished it oh, probably about 15 to 17 years ago. And with the time and traffic, the top is wearing now, and I need to sand it down and resurface it. And when I did it then, I used gem seal. But I want to know what would be the best products that would be long-term lasting and something that would be user-friendly for an individual. Okay, so first of all, in terms of the sanding it down part, does the floor have any really severe wear or is it just the finish that's worn? Just the finish. So you don't have to sand it down all the way. What you can do is uh, you can basically just uh, lightly sand the surface. Uh, there is a machine called a U-Sand machine, which is like a, an abrasive disc sander that you can rent at a home center or a hardware store. It has like four abrasive discs in it. It does have like a vacuum system built in, so it doesn't leave dust all over the place. But it won't wear down the wood too much. It'll just sort of take that top layer of finish off and get it ready to be refinished. Because with hardwood floors, you don't want to sand them completely down if you don't have to, because that takes many years off their life when you take all that finish off down the raw wood. It's really not necessary. And then after you sand it, then you can apply an oil-based polyurethane. So not not uh, water-based, but oil-based. Not acrylic-based, but oil-based. And you're going to apply that with what's called a lamb's wool applicator. It's kind of like a mop. And you dip it into a paint tray. You apply it in uh, very smooth, even coats. Start on one end, work your way out the door, and then leave for a good four or five, six hours, depending on the weather. Okay, with the windows open. Yeah, yeah. If it's a nice dry day and the windows are open, that's that's the best thing. But just remember, whatever it says for drying time on the can, at least double it, because it tends to be a bit sticky for a while. Okay, so an oil-based polyurethane and a lamb's wool applicator. Yep, and then with a light sanding before you start the whole thing, okay? Sounds wonderful. Thank you so very much, and y'all have a wonderful day. Thanks, Joyce. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You know, we get more questions on floors than any other topic on this program. Well, and they, you know, occupy a large portion of your home. They and do. there's always something to do with them. And they them. take a lot of abuse. So that's probably why people need to fix them all <laughs> <do>. the time. <laughs> Jim in Washington is on the line with a fireplace question. What can we help you with? It's a brick fireplace. 
and this is on the outside. I don't know if this will be the right term, but it seems to me there's buttresses on each side where the firebox, if you will, would be surrounded by this brick. And then it goes up to the chimney going to the roof. And right at, at the edge of the buttress, uh, a brick width in, about half of uh, the bricks are cracked. And so a fourth of the way down from the top of this buttress and a fourth of the way up from the bottom, they have not cracked, uh, but the rest have a almost a perfect line of a crack going down them. The house is about 25 years old. I've never seen a crack on there before now. So I don't know, is this something to worry about? Is this something that I should take care of? Or is this something that I really need some pro to come out and take care of? And you've never noticed this this sort of vertical line, this crack going through all of it? Correct. It's just happened. Hmm. I'm kind of sort of prone to believe that it was there, but maybe you just didn't notice it. But we did all have such an extreme winter that it's possible this could have been that maybe you were getting some water in from somewhere and then through a freeze and a thaw, it sort of, you know, expanded and cracked that brick. Yeah, we've had a mild winter out west here um, in probably not more than a couple, three days below freezing. So I don't think that was it. And I also have flowers planted around there that I replant each year. So I'm sure I would have noticed it. I mean, generally with a crack in a brick, what you're going to want to do is if it's a big crack, you know, you might have to repoint or replace that brick itself. But if it's something thin, you know, Quickrete has a ton of different solutions for filling in a crack in either masonry or a brick. And it can be tinted to match. And this way, it's almost even like a, I think they have something that's almost like a flowable urethane that's almost in a caulk gun that you'd be able to sort of fill in that crack line on the brick because you don't want water to get in there. And then you'll have problems with the internal firebox or the chimney going up. So you want to make sure that you do seal those cracks. And I might start with that approach and just keep an eye on it through the summer season and see how you're doing in the winter and see if there's any more changes or if it expands, you know, above or below what's currently there. And if that's the case, then we'd rethink the whole situation. You also want to take a look at the drainage around the base of the chimney, because if you happen to be trapping a lot of water on that side of the house, that could force the foundation to perhaps settle a bit. So if you try to keep the the downspouts drained away from that side of the house, if the soil slopes away, that can make the foundation for the fireplace chimney. But Leslie's right, just a bit of of, uh, caulk in those cracks to seal out the water, because if the water does get in, it'll freeze and expand, and that could make it worse. Very good. I'll start with that. I've already noted uh, how long the cracks are and where they start from the top and bottom, so I'll be able to keep an eye on it. Good idea. Jim, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. So you might be wondering about that crack in your home's foundation, and you're worrying about it, and you're stressing out about it, but do you need to be worrying about it? We're going to help you get to the bottom of cracks in the base of your home when the Money Pit continues. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. That's a money pit, but still filthy. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. When you're ready to search for a home, start at Realtor.com. Realtor.com is the most accurate home search site. And be sure to work with a Realtor to help you through the process. 
Realtor.com and Realtors. Together, we make home happen. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Taking a moment to say hello to KMLBAM in Monroe, Louisiana. Welcome to the Money Pit family, a brand new radio station for the Money Pit in Louisiana. We look forward to hearing from you, Louisiana. Welcome aboard. Donna in Washington, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I live in an old not as two-story cedar shingle house. And anyway, years ago, I used to be able to put Olympic stain on it, and I kept it uh, stained, but then they changed the law where I couldn't use stain anymore. So it was painted in the late, oh, probably 99. Well, now the paint started peeling, so I had one of my sons came and pressure washed it. This is about two years ago now. But he couldn't get all the paint off, and it's flaky, and it's because of the shingles and these little grooves, you can't get it all out. And I live in a two-tone house, a brown stain where the paint's peeling and the green where the paint's not peeling, and it looks terrible. And I've called, I've phoned two different contractors and gave them the address, and they must have just come by and looked at it, and they never even called back, let alone stopped by. Chased them off, huh? Yes, plus they have to have a special license because the house is so old, it has to be in this state anyway. Um, it, It cost them thousands and thousands of dollars because in case there's lead outside in the paint, well, it was stained, not painted. So, you know, aside from all the drama associating with this, it's really quite a basic problem. When you have all of these layers of paint that are on the material over all of these years, at some point you're going to lose adhesion to the original substrate, which is the cedar. The only solution in that case is to remove the paint to get down to the originally natural wood. So pressure washing it is fine for the loose stuff. But beyond that, you've got to scrape and sand because you've got to get some of that natural wood to kind of show itself through the remaining stained areas that are painted. Because once it's ready, truly ready, where you've got all the loose stuff off and your surface has been abraded properly, then you can apply an oil-based primer. And the purpose of the primer is kind of a layer. It has different qualities than paint. Primer is the glue that makes the paint stick. And so if you use an oil-based primer on there, you'll get very good adhesion to the cedar. Once that thoroughly dries, then you can paint on top of that. And the top coat of paint uh, does not have to be oil-based. But the primer does. That's what's going to give the adhesion. But you can't just keep putting good paint over bad paint. Otherwise, the problem of peeling will just continue to repeat itself. Does that make sense, Donna? Okay. Thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, something that you might not be aware of is that movement is all around you. It's your house. Now, you might not realize this, but your home is always expanding and contracting with temperature changes and settling. And that movement can result in cracks to your foundation. But how do you know if a crack is serious or just the result of some normal house movement? For that, we turn to Tom Silva, the general contractor on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. So I'm sure just about every home has its share of cracks, right? It sure does, because the house is always moving, as Leslie says. And there are a lot of reasons that that happens? There are a lot of reasons that it happens. Wind, number one. But in the ground, it's expansion and contraction from different times of the season. 
Mm -hmm. uh, when you get a cold area, you're going to get expansion from the ice. And in the winter, it's going to relax, so the pressure on the wall is going to push back. And you get more structural issues like poor drainage. You get a lot of water around the foundation. Absolutely. That's why you want to relieve that pressure so the ice doesn't form and less chance of pushing against the wall. So if we see these cracks, how do we determine if it's a minor sort of insignificant crack or one that really requires some attention? A small hairline crack is pretty common, and that can usually happen in the pouring of the wall, the setting with the sun. There's too much sun. It could set up a little bit too quick, and it's really not an issue. But if you get a crack that's wide or getting wider, or if you're unsure, what I like to do is take a pencil or a sharpie and draw a line across the crack and then go through a season and see if it has dropped. The line oh, that's has really moved. smart. Mm. And that tells you that there's been some settling underneath. There may be some organic matter got underneath the backfill process and has rotted away. Like a tree stump or something like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or poor drainage or maybe water getting underneath, washing some silt away, and it's going to cause it to settle. Another type of foundation crack is a horizontal crack. And lots of times you see that in a block foundation right. where there's too much pressure against the wall. And those are ones that would really concern me because the wall is actually bowing in. Mm, it's actually displaced. Right. So right. too much pressure may be from the backfill when the foundation was poured back in or from the weight of the structure above. What would cause or that also pressure? Also the freezing, thawing outside because of the poor drainage. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of issues there. So you get a lot of water in that soil, and that uh, water is going to expand that soil and push on the wall, and it sort of ratchets it over the years, right? Oh, yeah, so it works over a year, doesn't go back. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't go back. When it expands out, and in the summertime when it dries, the soil falls back in, fills the little void from the vibrations of airplanes and trucks and wind and everything else. Then it freezes. Now you have a little more bite to push it out a little more. So it's only going to get worse. So when you get that level of sort of structural crack, that might be a good time to call in an expert like a structural engineer. Correct? Structural engineer is the best way to go right there. He's going to tell you how to fix and solve that problem. And he doesn't do the job himself. So that's sort of like a good non-biased opinion of yeah. what needs yeah. to be done. I, you're going to pay this guy to tell you how to fix the problem. And then you're going to hire somebody that's going to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. And follow his advice. Absolutely. To the T. And I always think it's a good idea to have the engineer come back later and kind of sign off on the project because that sort of becomes a pedigree. It says it was done right. If I have an engineer come on site to do anything in the house, right. if he said we have to do something, he then comes back and said, yeah, it's okay. You've done it right. Good advice. Now, if you have a minor crack and one that you do want to tackle yourself, how would you approach that? First thing I would do is I would open that crack up. I'd take a half-inch chisel, and I would go down the crack and make it wider, and I'd make sure that the sides are flat. You don't want to have it V-shaped. That way you can put your cement or your mortar in that joint, and it will have something to go against. You can't just take hydraulic cement and lay it on the crack. Right. It will only dry off and fall off. It needs to be between two walls to work correctly. Now that's a good point, and it's somewhat counterintuitive because... People that see a crack don't think the first thing they want to do is make, make it, it bigger. bigger. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you have to do. And you have to make it bigger and you have to make it flat on both sides. So if you're a do-it-yourself, what would you say is probably the best, most foolproof material to use? If you're going to do it yourself, you're going to chisel a groove, you're going to make sure you have flat surfaces, and you can use a hydraulic cement if it has two surfaces to go against. Now, good advice. And speaking of being a DIYer, what's the biggest mistake you've seen homeowners make with foundation repairs? 
Caulking. Yeah, thinking caulking solves it all, right? Caulking will solve it all, yeah. Latex caulking. Now, silicone. Silicone is the worst thing you can have because silicone doesn't stick to a porous surface. That's great advice. Tom Silva, the contractor from TV's This Old House, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Always a pleasure. Nice to be here, guys. All right, catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by Lumber Liquidators. Hardwood floors for less. Up next, spring cleaning leaves your house feeling great, but just how clean is it really? Where to find germs that are hiding in plain sight after this. You live in a body pit. Pit is brought to you by Grain Engineered Shake and Shingle Siding from the Tapco Group. Contractors can now offer homeowners the charm of natural cedar with none of the maintenance. Visit grain.com or ask your pro today. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, at the end of a long day, the last thing you want to do is have to actually get up from your couch or your recliner to adjust the room's light. Well, Good news, there's a remote that could do it for you. <laughs> I feel like there's a remote for everything, so why not your lighting? We've got the Caseta Wireless Plug-In Lamp Dimmer with the Pico Remote, and now that's going to let you control table and floor lamps from pretty much wherever you are. It works on incandescent, CLFs, or LED bulbs, and we're giving the dimmer and the remote away this hour. It's a great prize worth 80 bucks. Learn more at CasetaWireless.com and give us a call right now for your chance to win with your home improvement question at one 888 Money Pit. Well, this time of year, we all like to do spring cleaning, and it makes your house feel great, and it actually gives your mood a nice lift as well. But could your house still be dirtier than you think? There are a number of places that most homeowners don't think to clean, and if they're overlooked for too long, they can actually become health hazards. First off, let's talk about the top of your ceiling fan. Now, those blades get really dusty and really dirty, and then when you turn the fan on, it's just going to send all of that dust and dirt and germs flying into the air every time you use that fan. So you want to clean the top of those blades with every seasonal cleaning that you do. Now, another germ magnet, stair banisters, and doorknobs. Just think about all the germs that are on those spots. You want to keep your home healthy by giving them a quick wipe every week or so with a cleaning spray or hot, soapy water. And you cannot forget about the top of your refrigerator. You've got kitchen grease, you've got dirt, you've got grime. All of that likes to gather up on top of your fridge and have a party and that just leads to germs and possibly even fungus. So keep the top of your fridge clean. It's really important, especially if you're storing food up there. And finally, let's talk about those reusable cloth grocery bags. Now, they're great for the environment, but could they be bad for your health? Well, they could if you don't keep them clean. I mean, think about it. They touch everything from shopping carts to raw fruit and meat, and they need a good wash after each use. So toss them in the laundry. Unless the bag says otherwise, just wash them every time you use them in soap and water. All right, now we've got Gary in Maryland with some wall cracks. Tell us what's going on. The cracks are along the one outside wall or or the one wall on a short side, on a 26-foot side, and they're both on either side of the bathroom, which is between two bedrooms. So what you're describing is a pretty normal 
scenario, we typically uh, get movement in walls of homes and where you have seams between walls and ceilings, one wall and another wall or above a, a, a window or above a door. That's where the movement tends to evidence itself. Now, the solution here is going to require that you redo the seam between the cracked areas. What you'll do is you'll pull off the old drywall tape if it's loose. If it's not loose, you could probably leave it in place. But if it's loose or if it's wrinkled or anything like that, I would pull it out. And I would replace that with fiberglass drywall tape. Fiberglass drywall tape kind of looks like a netting and it's sticky. It's easier to handle. And so you press it into the seam. And then once it's pressed in place, then you're going to add three layers of spackle on top of that, making each one as thin as possible. So you start with the first one, try to keep it pretty narrow and just cover the tape. And then the subsequent two, you go a little wider and a little wider and try to feather it out the edges. And that actually will bridge that gap between the two surfaces and the crack will not form again. If you try to spackle over a crack without doing that, it's just going to show up. I mean, you could spackle it and paint it, but it's going to come out, you know, every winter or every summer, depending on whether it's swelling or shrinking that's causing the crack, it's going to pop open again. Good. Thank you very much. Good show, too. You're welcome, Gary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Say, are the ducts and the vents in your house pretty much making it impossible for you to find a moment's peace and quiet? We're going to help you keep that noise in check when the Money Pit continues. 888 Money Pit. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The Money Pit is presented by Quick Crate Concrete and Cement Products. Quick Crate, what America's made of. Like us on Facebook and visit online at www.quickcrete.com for product information and easy step-by-step project videos. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, it's just about here, the National Hardware Show in Las Vegas. And Leslie and I are very excited for this industry event. And you should be, too, because we're bringing you the inside scoop on the hottest new products directly from our top 
Products Pavilion, located right on the hardware show floor. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And we've gotten a few sneak peeks. And one of the coolest products that I've seen so far is Krylon's CoverMax Spray Paint. I mean, you guys know, I love to spray paint pieces of furniture and things that I find for all of the makeovers that I work on. And CoverMax not only dries in 10 minutes or less, which is faster than any other general purpose aerosol out there. It's also the only general purpose with built-in rust protection. That's the Krylon CoverMax paint where color meets performance. And you can check it out in our top products gallery online right now at moneypit.com. All right. And while you're online, post a question in our community section. And Michelle from New York writes, we have a ranch house with forced air heating and cooling. The master bedroom is across the hall from the nursery and the ductwork runs under the floor between the rooms with both doors closed we can hear the baby in his room through the vents is there a way to prevent the sound transmission short of covering up the ducts with blankets covering the ducts will make the vents ineffective for heating and cooling well just think about all the all the money they're saving by not needing a baby monitor i know (laughs) but think about it they're talking watching tv and who knows what else and the baby's hearing all that too exactly well generally the best approach is to use an insulated heating duct now insulated ducts are lined with fiberglass and they can reduce some but not all of the sound transmission. Now, to accomplish this, the entire duct has to be removed and replaced. So you might be better off thinking towards the future when maybe the baby won't be crying that much. It's a major repair for a very short-term problem. All right, next up, we've got one from Juan in Texas who writes, I offset and reconstructed a retaining wall against my house recently, which exposed more of the basement's exterior cinder block wall. This previously underground cinder block has tar coating on it for waterproofing, and I hate the way it looks. Any suggestions on what might look nicer? I was hoping something like a white tar coating exists just so it looks nice. It does. You can get those coatings in different colors. There's a product called Tanner Tough, T-A-N-N-E-R, Tanner Tough. I think it's actually called Tanner Tough 2. And I know that it's sold at uh, Home Depot. I believe it's online as well. It's a product that comes in uh, the the dark concrete gray colors, but it also is available in white. And you have to keep in mind, though, with all these coatings, you want to make sure that the surface that you're applying it to is clean and dry. The dampness, especially when it comes to foundation work, can really work against you. Because remember, the concrete block is like a sponge. It's very hydroscopic. It's going to soak up a lot of moisture. So you really want to wait for a dry day, perhaps a summer day, after the moisture burns off in the morning to try to work on this project. And you probably don't need to remove the existing coating. It was there for a reason. Scraping it off uh, is not going to have positive results. So follow the label directions. Look for the Tanner Tough 2 product, uh, and then they can get that foundation in the color that's going to really make the house look nice. And still, of course, help you deal with the dampness and, and then make it look nice for you to be happy, but not damp. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope that we've helped you out with your spring home improvement projects. Crossed a few of those jobs off the spring to-do list. Remember, if you've got questions, we've got answers 24-7 at moneypit.com or by calling us at one 888 Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 